Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. It's Saturday, June 8th. We're recording for the late slate on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, we got a six-game slate. I'm still recovering, you know, from last night. We had our first live event in New York City. I hope everybody that stopped by, we had over 100 people stop by, had a great time, won some money, watched the Raptors eat up on Golden State. You know, at a certain times, I thought Golden State's going to make a little bit of a comeback. And the Raptors are really tough. Um, and now they've got the series in their hands. It looks like the Drake curse might finally be put to bed. Um, I don't know if you've been following Drake, but anytime he backs a, a fighter a team, whether it's college, whether it's NFL or NBA or baseball, whatever it is, he curses them and has been going now strong for the past five, six years that I've been following it. And it looks like it might be put to bed, but you never know with KD coming back. Um, this series is not over yet, but it's going to be really tough winning three games in a row against a Toronto team. A lot of these games are going to be in Toronto. So it's Toronto series to win at this point. And it'll be a shocker if Golden State, you know, can come back from a 3-1 deficit. But it kind of feels like it was scripted this way if Durant comes back. If Durant doesn't come back, you know, the series, I think, is over. If he comes back and leads them to a couple of victories, it should get interesting. But, you know, like I said, thank you, everybody, for coming by. We're going to run some promotions, uh, hopefully extend some of the promotions we had from the live event. So be on the lookout on Twitter and social media. We might be able to do a monkey knife fight promo that we had at the event, giving a free uh, a free play for game five for the NBA Finals. So be on the lookout for that. But let's jump into this late slate. We got six games. We'll start with St. Louis versus Chicago. You got Leicester versus Flaherty. Um, I'm not a big fan of Leicester for DFS purposes. I don't I don't see myself, you know, rostering him. We have a we have an ace up top, which is gonna, you know, garner a lot of ownership. And as we saw on Friday night, even if you have a guy who hits value, it's tough to compete when somebody goes out there and throws a 60 point game. And this is matching up for, for Scherzer to do something like that. So you gotta be really careful about trying to grab some value when, you know, a guy like Scherzer is on the mound later on. So I think this game, for the most part, I'm not really going to attack Lester. I like the fact that Flaherty's been good. Um, the wind is blowing in in Wrigley. I think Flaherty comes in at a nice value at 8.1 on, on FanDuel. So I can see him making some sense. I don't really like either team from a stack perspective, but if I had a lean, I would lean on the Cardinals as well. So I think you can maybe play some Cardinals with Flaherty in the stack. How do you see this game playing out, Mark? Yeah, you mentioned the weather. That's the first thing you always check when you go play a game at Wrigley. Wind's blowing in, the air's dry. It's not cold, but it's not midsummer heat either. So I like the pitchers in this game. I wrote up both of them as my middle-tier arms today. Lester has a very safe floor, a very consistent floor, and he's good at home this year. His Splits are about as wide home versus away as any pitcher you're going to see. So he must just wake up. I'm pitching at Wrigley. I'm going to do good. He is his strikeout to walk ratio at Wrigley is 32 to four, and that's in 30.2 innings, and it's 24 to 10 on the road. His ERA is 1.76 at home. On the road, it's almost five. So I agree that Lester isn't the sexiest name, but if you want to spend up for bats, Lester's not going to be a bad choice. 
On the other side, Flaherty was cruising his last start until a rain delay stopped him after five innings. He's in worthy uh, for a cash play as well. Again, if you want to save up for some bats, but I agree with you. Scherzer is the arm you want to go after. Yeah, I think if you were to drop off Scherzer, these two make some sense uh, with the wind blowing in. They're enough of a discount where you really be able to, you know, grab some bats around, you know, them. It's going to be a little bit tougher with Scherzer. So I think it is, you know, if you're going to grab anybody besides Scherzer, so I'll, I'll give a pass on Lester. Now, I'm probably not going to play him because I probably will take the, the upside with Flaherty. Um, but like you said, Lester has that floor, which makes a lot of sense if you're going to drop down. I think there's like three or four guys that if you don't go with Scherzer, kind of make some sense. And, and I'm going to throw Lester and Flaherty into that mix. Um, the next game we got going on is Los Angeles Dodgers versus Giants. You got Rich Hill, a guy I can never really get right, a guy that I really like too much in fantasy. He's going into a pitcher's park. Um, he's $10,000 on FanDuel. I don't hate the play by any means, but if I go all the way that far up at 10000 I will find a way to get the $1,700 more and just, you know, play the safer arm in Scherzer. I guess in some GPPs, you know, he'll make sense, but not the guy I like the roster, you know, in, in DFS. I know he has some breakout games here and there, and he's pitched well in his last start, but, you know, your best hope is for some way, somehow, they got to get past five innings because, you know, most of his starts, he, he struggles to get through six. So to get that quality start is maybe uh, a 50-50 coin flip. And for him to break into seven innings, he only did that once this year, which came in his last start, which gives you a little bit of, you know, hope that he can go out there and do it. And San Fran's a team that you want to kind of target pitchers against. But I'd rather go up to Scherzer or possibly go down to one of these guys in the 7, 8K range so I can stack up. On the other hand, um, these Dodgers are always in play. It looks like the wind's blowing out a little bit, but the wind is always blowing in San Fran. So I don't think the wind's really going to do that much. But, Mark, you can speak on that. These lefties are in play. Anytime the Dodgers face a righty, I don't care really who it is, um, they're in play. So Peterson, Muncy, Bellinger, Seager, you know, is a formidable stack. Turner's coming in cheap in certain spots, so at 3.2 on FanDuel. Third base looks a little bit weak today. So I can see, you know, somebody like Turner making sense. Um, how do you see Rich Hill playing out? Can you trust Rich Hill, or is it just you're paying up for Scherzer or paying down for one of the guys we mentioned earlier? I 100% agree, Jason. Dave Roberts is maddening in terms of DFS. He generally does not let his pitchers go deep in games. As you mentioned, Rich Hill went seven innings his last start. That was his most... All year, the previous four starts, I believe, were all six innings. So you're really exactly what you just said. His previous three were six, and then the one before that was five. Um, you're just hoping for the quality start. He's He almost got the double-digit strikeouts last time. He's done that one time this year, and that was against Cincinnati on the 17th of May. So, yeah, again, much like Lester, he has a safe floor. But like you said, if you're paying 10000 on FanDuel, just go up a little more and get Scherzer whose floor isn't as safe, but his ceiling is way higher. Yeah, I think, like I said, if he, if he came in at 9000 or 8500 then the savings is enough where it's like, okay, I can probably upgrade two or three bats. Rich Hill's got a good matchup. If he can get me six innings, he'll be in Scherzer-esque type of levels. Um, so it makes some sense. But I think he's too closely priced, and there's too much of a drop-off to that next tier 
where I'd rather take a chance with somebody else in the 7K range. That makes a little bit more sense for me. But he should be in line for the win. If he can last his five, six innings, he should get the win. So, you know, he's probably got a safe floor around 30, 35 points. But at 10K, you're looking for a little bit more. Um, these Dodgers have some, you know, decent stats versus Samarja. Samarja is coming off a, a good start. But he can get blown up at any time. So I believe Peterson, Muncie, Bellinger all hit home runs off Samarja in the past. So if you want to, you know, use some VVP and you want to attack the Giants, I think the Dodgers make a lot of sense. If it was in a better park, I would be all over this. But being that's in San Fran kind of always limits my exposure because it's it's truly a pitcher's park. So let's go into- uh, philosophy. Since the Dodgers did disappoint so much last night, their bats, they may be lower owned than normal just because of that. Yeah, it's a short six-game slate. So I think I think they're going to get ownership regardless. I don't think there's going to be, outside of this one game that we're about to get to, I think ownership's going to be pretty much split between all these games. Um, so I think you can, you can get these guys at a de- decent ownership rate, but they're probably going to be top two, top three stack. Top four stacks, somewhere in that range. But let's go to New York. We got Mats versus Gray. Two guys, again, coming in this price range, that makes a lot of sense. You know, similar to Lester and uh, Flaherty that we spoke about earlier, I see this pretty much as the same matchup. You have two guys that have some potential. Um, they're both facing weaker lineups than I, I would I would rate Chicago and the Cardinals better lineups. Um, so... There is some potential for Matt. There is some potential for Gray. I kind of, I don't have a firm stance on which of these four pitchers I like the most. Um, whether, you know, pretty much the same in Chicago. You know, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be 75 degrees, not too humid. Uh, wind's blowing in a little bit. I don't really love these pitchers. I don't hate these pitchers. I, I, I'll probably get some shares in GPPs of both of them. I can see both of them going out there and getting you around 30, 35 points. I think Gray, Mats, Lester, and Flaherty are all going to be between 30 and 40 points. And maybe one of them will will break out into that 40 to 45 point range. But I think you're safe. You're pretty safe playing any of these four guys if you want to drop down from Scherzer. That's the way I'm looking at it. From a hitter's perspective, you know, you can you can grab the Mets as a sneaky stack. You can grab these Rockies as a sneaky stack. Arenado um, and Story are good one-offs. Even a guy like Desmond at 2.5 comes in cheap. If Mark Reynolds gets the start, he comes in cheap. Um, there's a couple plays here that I, I like. You know, I think this could be a sneaky game, which, you know, both these pitchers, they're good, but they're not great. You got Murphy, you know, who can hit from both sides, you know, hit pitchers from, you know, both sides. Mark Reynolds, like I said, Arenado, if you look at BVP, he's five for 14, and four out of those five hits have been home runs. Story's four for 10. So, you know, I like to attack Rockies when they're facing a lefty. So I think these Rockies come in sneaky. I don't think too many people play them. And I, I love Story and Arenado as a, a little mini stack if you can find a way to get those prices in. But it's going to be really tough um, if you're playing Max. How do you feel about the. The pitchers here, do you see anything? Do you have a strong take on anybody in this game? Both pitchers are pretty maddeningly inconsistent. Um, John Gray, you never touch when he's at Coors, but when he's on the road against a pretty subpar hitting team in the Mets, he's in consideration, like you said. And on the other side, 
Nats as a lefty, you almost always think lefty against Colorado, Story and Arenado, like you said. And I don't think that is necessarily a bad play. Their ownership won't be as high if they were at cores, obviously. So sneaky. I like it. I like both uh, Gray as a pitcher more than Matt's, and I like the couple one-offs or the, the, the mini stack of Story and Arenado and maybe, like you said, Reynolds or Desmond, who have his bat- batting right behind them. Yeah, and these Mets come in cheap, too. You can get, like, Dominic Smith at 2.4, McNeil, Conforto, not too expensive. And it's going to be tough because this next game is probably where you want to get your bats from. But they're playing a doubleheader. And lineups lock around 7. This game goes off at 9. The early game, you know, should be finished, but we're not sure if we're going to get lineups out. You don't really know the effect of somebody coming in after playing a doubleheader how the bullpen's kind of lining up, who got used in the first game. So it's going to be tough to to get your, your guys from this game, but you definitely want your guys from this game. I, I will not pitch either either of these pitchers. You really don't want to throw a righty versus lefties that the Rangers have in 90-degree weather, and you got some humidity you know, brewing. Um, so you really don't want to go with Bassett. I'm not touching Samson. And then from the Oakland side, Semyon had a monster game on Friday night. You got him, Chapman, Alston, Davis, Piscotti, Grossman. Uh, even if you want to go down to a guy like Profar, they're not coming in that expensive. Outside of Davis and Chapman, everybody else is under 3.5. So I think there's a lot of guys you want to get from this game, but you got to be really careful because of the doubleheader. You really don't know who's going to be starting this game. There's no prediction. There's no way to tell. You know, you would assume... Half of them will, will – you don't know how the first game's going to go. So I love the, the athletics for a stack, but it also depends on what kind of lineup they're ruling out. You know, so that will dictate some of this. How's the weather looking for uh, Saturday night in Texas? As you said, warm. The afternoon game should be the first 90-degree day of the uh, game of the year in Texas. Night won't be quite as warm. One thing it is, it's, it's relatively dry as compared to what it should be. There's a strange storm system over the southeast, and on the west side of that storm, drier than normal air is funneling down across the plains. So usually think Texas, Arlington, the east part of Texas there, that it's usually hot and humid. While it's hot, it's not necessarily humid. And the other thing is, is the wind is in the reverse direction. It's actually blowing out to right, and in first glance you say, well, that's good, it's blowing out. However, the predominant wind direction when the ball carries so well is in from right. And that's usually because it's associated with the wind direction that brings in the humidity. So it's a little bit of a tricky uh, park in terms of that. Now, you you brought up some great points. It is the second game of a doubleheader. A couple things there. Usually, uh, they will ask pitchers to go deeper in the game, starting pitchers um, in the second game of the doubleheader, depending on what the bullpen does in the first game. So we really not sure about that. But like you said, you're not looking to roster pitchers anyways here. On the other hand, the A's lineup for this first game is out. Jerexon Profar is not in it. You can almost automatically assume he will be playing in the second second game. Um, The A's have their right-handed lineup against a a left-handed starter for game one, which includes Pinder and, and um, Kana and players like that. So look in the second game for the normal platoon like Matt Olson and people like that to play. Yeah, it looks like Grossman was another guy that he's going to come in cheap. He probably starts at 2.6 because he yeah. has a switch hitting guy. You got the day off um, in the morning. 
And like you said, uh, Profar, same thing. So I think Profar and, and Grossman are are probably going to play. I, I can see a guy, Olsen playing in the first game, but I see him playing as well. And then like positional players like Semin and Chapman, I would assume they're playing as well because they're the cornerstones of their infield. Can't really see them not being in the game. So for the most part, I'd say Semin is in play, Chapman's in play, Olsen's in play. Chris Davis will probably DH, um, I would assume. And then you got guys like Profar and Grossman. So I think you're going to see pretty much the same lineup that you're, you're typical. But just be cautious. You know, put some caution out there and make sure build your, your hopeful lineup and then readjust when you see what happens with the first game and when you see that lineup block, you know, uh, later on tonight. So just be careful about it. You want bats from both sides. Bats has been good, but again, you don't want to – a righty going to Arlington when it's 90 degrees. So Chu, Mazzara, Cabrera, Ordor, Guzman, once you see this lineup come out, you know, you want the lefties. I really want to attack with um, Pence, you know, paying it up for him versus a righty. He might not start both games. So we'll see these lineups up. But this is a this is a game that everybody's going to be targeting, but it gets a little bit tricky due to the doubleheader. So just, you know, throw some caution into the win and make sure that if you're playing guys in this game, you check before lock, you check, you know, after lock to see what's really going on and make sure everybody that you thought was playing is confirmed. But let's go into Los Angeles now. You got Peters versus Kikuchi. Two lefties taking the hill. These Angels have been hitting better. Trout is Trout. He's the best guy in the league. Anytime you can afford him, you play him. Anytime you can afford him versus a righty, you play him. Anytime you can afford him versus a lefty, you really, really, really should play him. But it's going to be tough again if you go Scherzer because you're not going to be able to spend up on too many spots. He's the number one player on the board. Um, he's been doing really well as of late. He had another good game you know, this week, a couple good games this week. So he's a top-tier play. I think the Angels, they don't really get too much love from a stacking perspective because outside of Trout, you know, I was talking to Matt Stryker the other day, and outside of Trout, it's always a question – who the hell do you stack with him? You know, some of these guys, they're not sexy names like Puello and Rengifo and even Fletcher. It's like, do you really want to have a stack of Pujols, Trout, Fletcher, and some guy you, you barely even heard of before? So it's tough, and they've gotten a little bit more expensive. So it's a tough spot here for the Angels. I, I kind of want to play them, but they're, they're, they're coming in more expensive, and the, their lineup doesn't have those sexy names. They're going to own. It's a six-game slate. Um, I like them as a stack. I'm not really going to attack too much from the Seattle side, but a guy like Enwin, Santana, um, Beckham comes in cheap. I think Seattle's in play as well. So how do you see this game breaking out? We're looking at what, what should be you know, a hitter's environment with two bad lefties and two lineups that match up well against lefties as well in my eyes, and maybe get some sneaky value, you know, down the bottom of this Mariners lineup or depending on who these angels roll out, there's some cheap guys at the bottom as well. So I think you try to get some value from this game. It's going to be tough to pay up. if You're going to be playing for max, but how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, lefty against the angels, it's really tough to roster all those players you need because you, you want to look for power in like Fletcher, no power, Rinfligno, however you say that second baseman's last name. Not much power. And all their power generally besides Trout is 
from the left side with Listella, Calhoun, and uh, Otani. So, yeah, I mean, you don't love that. And on the other side, you're right. Seattle has some interesting bats. Um, I don't know what they've been doing since Hanniger's gone down in the outfield, who they could play there. But Tim Beckham, like you mentioned, is a great play on my all-day roster. I, I had locked him into my shortstop, which is a little dangerous because I don't have anyone to – pivot off to in the late games but i'll have i'm pretty sure he would be in the lineup but yeah i think you're safe there at 2.9 i think you're safe and i think from what i'm seeing on a projected lineup they got mac williamson at 2.3 oh yeah they signed him from the giants that's right he's got a lot of power yeah he's got some power so i think you know for a sneaky one off at 2.3 on Fanduel, he might make some sense um i think this game could have you know sneaky you know um stack potential from both sides um Angels Park, not really the hitter's park that I, I want to attack. But Peters, it looks like it's going to be a good bullpen game. The guy's only been in, you know, for, for an inning or two out of the bullpen. So don't be don't be scared to roster a guy like Malik Smith at 2.7 at the top of the lineup because most likely Peters is not going to be in this game for long. Right. At 2.7, top of the lineup, facing a bullpen game with righty bats behind him. He's probably going to face some righties out of the bullpen. I don't think they're going to bring in a, you know, a reliever just to get Malik Smith out. You know, they might do that for an Encarnacion or Santana, but he'll probably face some righties throughout the night. So he'll probably have some better matchups. And I think, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm not going to play Malik Smith versus a lefty when they just look at it. But the fact that he's 2.7 leading off and he's probably going to get three or four bats versus righties, you know, he's going to be a sneaky play that I think provides some value. I think Seattle will provide will be a, a sneakier side of things. Everybody's going to look at them. They've been so cold, haven't been scoring runs. But, you know, the more I think about it, I think Seattle has some value. And don't be afraid to play people from both sides. You know, if you go lefty, the a, Lefty a, power plays in Anaheim, too. Yeah, so, yeah, so if you go the yeah. stack of Malik Smith and Tim Beckham, then you try to be sneaky and maybe get a guy like Seager at 2.8. Um, Santana and, and Encarnacion... Not really that expensive if you're if you're stacking this game up. So it's a cheap stack that comes in, and it will be definitely, 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 I, I feel like, for a six-game slate, it will be under-owned for six games. Not that it will be under-owned in general, but if it was you know, a larger slate, Seattle probably comes in like 5% or less owned. And this slate will probably be under 10%, but I still think these lefties will be forgotten. So I like that. You know, I like the lefties from Seattle. I like the Seattle lineup from a, from a stack perspective. Just because on a short slate, you want to be a little bit different. I think uh, you can with these Mariners. On um, the last game in the slate, it's a pitching matchup. You know, you see Eric Lowry, and like, oh, this guy, Eric Lowry, he's not so good. But if you look at the numbers behind the name, he battles in games. So I don't really want to stack these Nationals up. And then, of course, Mad Max on the other side, top player of the day. Lock him in for your cash game because that's what everybody else is going to be doing. The smart money is going to be behind him. In cash, he'll probably be, I would say, 70 80% owned, maybe 65 on the low side. In GPPs, he's probably still going to be 40 to 50% owned. Um, maybe, you know, in your, in your shark, you know, qualifiers or your higher-end GPPs, you know, some people will try to be different and grab these guys in the 7, 8K range. But if you want 40 points, pick up Max Scherzer. If you can find ways to... And I don't think you have to stack on a night like tonight. Find ways to get these these values like Malik Smith or other guys that we mentioned, you know, earlier on, and just play Scherzer. I think it's a safe play, the safest play of the night. He's, you know, th- these are blown up in our faces, you know, 
know, guys like Snell and even Scherzer and DeGrom, but you got to keep on playing him because you know, just like his last start, he's got the potential to go out there and throw 60, 70 points every night. And when you're picking your pitchers, yes, they will blow up every once in a while, but the, the odds of a pitcher getting blown up from the potential of a Max Scherzer compared to a guy like Trout going over 4 versus a lefty, he'll go over 4 more often than not than Max having a terrible game. So you want to pay up for pitching, you know, on all slates, especially for cash and lock in those safe points and then try to, you know, grab your value from your bats. That's the way I build things, especially for cash and even for GPPs, you want these guys cuz you want to lock in 40, 50, 60 points and there'll be enough guys the way the MLB is playing out, there's enough guys that you can get at 2.5 or 2.7, 2.8 that'll hit home runs because you, they're hot. MLB's been higher scoring every single slate, and you got to put up the points. So I think this is a time to lock in Max. But you know, we talk about some earlier guys that can pitch well, so I can see both sides. I'm not stacking um, the Padres and the Nationals. Don't really impress me too much, so I'm going to probably stay away from the Nationals as well. There are some guys here. I think Kendrick at 3.1 or Dozier at 2.7 has been showing some signs as well. I think they're good for some one-offs, but not a, a full stack for me. Do you like the Nationals a little bit more? or you I kind do. Of the same way. I do. Their, their righty bats are heating up. You mentioned the two that I like to target the most, but obviously you can't go with wrong with Rendon and uh, Turner as well. But you, like you said, you're not going to be able to afford those guys if you get Scherzer in there. So, yeah. Look for the savings with Dozier and, and uh, Kendrick. And you mentioned Scherzer, how it's a great matchup for him. What if I told you you have the, the top major league strikeout pitcher going against a team that strikes out the most against his, his arm that he pitches with? Righties, the Padres are the number one strikeout team at 26.8%. Scherzer is obviously the top strikeout pitcher in the game. It seems like a stone-cold lock, doesn't it? Yeah, and this, this is the one thing that I find somewhat surprising. Usually when a guy like Scherzer pitches, his money line you know, to, to bet on the Nationals is usually over 200. If you told me that Max Scherzer is going into San Diego and his, his money line is 150, 155, depending on where you're seeing it, that's shocking to me. You know, and I don't... Listen, I, I bet on games, don't get me wrong, but I'm not betting games every single night of the week. That's why we have these handicappers that do that. But, like, when I see this line, I think this is grossly grossly low for a Scherzer game. You know, especially, like, if you if it's 150 for the game line, I think the Nationals' first five, if it's in that same range, I, I think you hit the, the lock button on them and you try to get some action on them because – that's surprisingly, surprisingly low to me. Do you, do you not? Were you were you surprised by that, or did you see the line? How do you feel about that line? Especially since Scherzer really struggled out of the gate for Max Scherzer, didn't he? But he's really turned it around. His last appearance was 15 strikeouts in eight innings against the Reds. Yeah, I mean that seems low to me. I mean Max is going to get the win tonight. The Nationals are going to win the game. Scherzer's going to pitch a great game, and you just lock that in and put it to the bank. Yeah, I guess it just it just shows to how, I guess, bad the Nationals have been, you know. And I guess Lauer, he's got wins in his last three starts. He's been really good, you know. Don't, don't sleep on this guy for, like, you know, a sneaky little – I guess he's getting more, more respect 
from Vegas, and you know we're kind of giving him, but he's put up 34, 31, 49 in his last three starts. He's got wins in all of them. Um, so, you know, as a sneaky kind of play, I think he goes supremely, supremely under-owned. Uh, I think he's probably sub 10% owned. And he's kind of in that same range. Like I think, like, we talked about earlier, Flaherty, Matt, Lester, Gray, and Lauer, they're all between 7,800 and 8,400, which is, you know, marginal. I think they're all pretty much in the same boat as far as their, you know, their their floor and their ceiling with, with Flaherty coming up up top. And then I guess a guy like Matt, Lester, Gray, a little bit more. But Lauer, surprisingly, has been battling in games, but... I still think if I if I was to bet a game today, I think that line at 150 makes a lot of sense. You know, because you you know Rich Hill and the Dodgers they've been winning more games, but look at that line; it's 210 at 150. To Scherzer versus Padres. I think I like that for a bet. You know, I'm gonna try to maybe squeeze that in and you know and get a game in uh, and maybe bet the, the Nats first five and bet the Nats for the game because I like that line a lot. You know, it's from a sports betting perspective. So. We gave you the games we liked. We gave you the pitches we liked. We liked Max. We liked the guys in the 7, 8K range. And I think the Mariners come in as a sneaky stack. I think Oakland and Texas is a game that you want to target once you see the lineups. I think the Angels, you know, if you can find a way to get Trout in your lineup, go ahead and do so because he's going to have a good game tonight. You can bank on that. And then for sneaky, you know, a sneaky game stack outside of the Mariners, I think this one of these teams, I think either the Rockies or the Mets, you know, have a good game here and kind of break the slate. Um, I think they have a good chance of breaking the slate. So the way I would approach this six-game slate is play a variety of lineups. Um, try to, you know, if you're going to bet or put up $100, make five lineups and make sure you get exposure to five different stacks. And then put Max Scherzer in two of them. And those guys we mentioned between the 7 and 8 range, put one of them in each. And, you know, spread your exposure out. Give yourself a, a Saturday night where you'll be sweating. At least you have one or two of your lineups in contention. That's the way I approach a six-game slate. Spread your exposure between the games we spoke about, the guys we spoke about, the pitches we like. We have articles, three, four articles that are up on the site already. Um, our projection models, don't sleep on the projection models. The projection models will give you guides of who's going to have a good game, and it's not an opinion. It's not what I think. It's not what Mark thinks or Matt or Scott thinks. It's what the numbers think. It's what the numbers say. So those those models are free for you to kind of take your opinion, take our opinions, and then look at the numbers within and see where they take you. So all you got to do is hit up winddailydfs.com, click on the tools. We've got four different models that show you what we're looking at from a pitcher, hitter perspective, for Fandle specifically, and then for DraftKings specifically. Don't sleep on those tools. And then also from the sports betting perspective, we have two professional handicappers that are putting out info every single day. They come at you at different times. When they feel a good play, they post a good play. So make sure you're constantly checking that as well. So go to Windaily DFS, click on the betting tab, and look at all the articles that, that will populate for them. So we have multiple articles being displayed there as well. So the tools, the sports betting articles, don't sleep on those because we're not promoting them that much because they're there for you. They're free. Take advantage of them. Um, make sure you hit those up. But um, we had a great night on Friday night at the NBA Finals Game 4. We're going to be doing more live events, so keep an eye out for that. We'll have some promotions running with Monkey Night Fight. 
you know, you can hit up their site. Just use promo code Windale. You get a hundred percent deposit bonus. We're gonna try to get you some free entries as well. Um, because they've been doing good as a, our partner and we want to give back to our community. So make sure you check them out as well. Let's have a profitable Saturday night. Keep an eye out for Mark. He will be, you know, giving you any kind of insight possible, but it looks like the weather is clear. Uh, Mark, we're not really dealing with any kind of weather on Saturday night, correct? None. None no, at all. So, postponement issues, yep. So enjoy the night off, Mark. You don't really have much work to do. I don't see anything really changing with the weather. So uh, everybody have a great Saturday night. Make some money. Enjoy some time with your family. And we'll be back at you tomorrow.